A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles. He, of course, is a financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group based in the greater Cleveland area, but you can find him from anywhere at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about mastering retirement cash flow, some of the things that you need to keep in mind when you're understanding changing expenses in your life. Uh, That's going to be part one of a two-part series that will continue next month, Uh, so stay tuned for the second half of that. We're also going to answer a question a little bit later on today from Catherine, and uh, just to give you a little sneak peek of what her question question is about uh, she's wanting to give some money to the kids and grandkids while she's still living and wondering about some of the implications of doing so. So we're going to help her work through that. We're talking about dancing in the getting to know you segment today. So that should be highly entertaining as well. Scott, it's good to be with you, my friend. I hope life is treating you well. It is. I'm stuck on that dancing thing there. Yeah. Don't, don't know what to expect. You're kind of like, what's uh, this going to be about? How are we going to dance on the, <laughs> on a podcast, audio? This is This is interesting. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, usually when I do the podcast, the only dancing I do is when it runs a little longer, I got to go to the bathroom. So, uh, uh, <laughs> well, with that spirit, let's keep today's uh, episode short, shall we? <laughs> I think I'm good. I went before I started. So yeah, life is good. Life is good. Oh, I love, you know, it's full blown summer here. And, you know, summer's my favorite time of the year. Just chilling out on the patio, you know, living life. Very nice. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, let's get into today's show and, and dive into these good topics today. So we're talking about retirement cash flow to begin mm-hmm. things, understanding changing expenses. This is what's interesting. When you get to retirement, some things stay the same. Some things change drastically, but some can go one way or the other, become more expensive or less expensive. So what mm-hmm. we want to do today is kind of break down some of the expenses a little bit further and see which ones are the top priorities that you should analyze and maybe some other factors that might impact that retirement cash flow. So part one of this discussion, again, going to focus on the expense side of the equation. Then next month, we'll look a little bit more at the income side of the cash flow component. So first of all, Scott, I wonder if you can maybe just give us a nice breakdown, a thorough breakdown of some of the expenses that we might see drastic changes in, again, one way or the other in mm-hmm. retirement. And, and what do you typically see for your clients? Well, you know what? First thing you need to understand is that retirement Everything's going to change. You know, you're you're used to going to work every day. You've got expenses associated with that, but it's always going to be a little bit of a trial and error. So as you get started in retirement, I tell people, I say, okay, we've walked through this budget sheet. We know exactly what we think you're going to need to spend. But once you get into retirement, you may have underestimated it or lower, you know, estimated it lower because of things that happen or or different things that, you know, some of these things we can plan for, but some of them, you said they're going to change. It's it's going to be dynamic in, in retirement. And as you get older, different expenses may change. So, you know, I think one of the first things are, uh, you know, talking about housing. 
you know, a lot of the times, a lot, I always encourage people when you do to retire to try to have your house paid off because it's all about cash flow and retirement. Now, if you don't have your house paid off, then you will, we need to work and have that in there. But hopefully within retirement, that house would be paid off rather soon. And then you're, you're going to have a big change in your cash flow. Those expenses are going to change. But also a lot of people retire with their house paid off and they say, Hey, you know what? I want to get a place down in, you know, Florida or out in Arizona or wherever the case may be. And then those expenses are all going to change. And related to housing too is, you know, you're going to have increased expenses with that house. So for instance, maybe you want to do a renovation or things like that. that you, some of those things you can plan for, some of them are just going to happen. You're like, well, I decided, you know, we want to get a second house. So. Yeah, housing's a big one. I think that's uh, kind of where probably a lot of people's biggest questions begin. I would imagine that's one of the big conversation starters, or at least like the driving force for why somebody wants to come and talk with you initially is, mm -hmm. all right, housing issue or problem or question, boom, sparks you off to all the other stuff. So right. definitely a big one. What else is there when the uh, we look at this expense category? Well, so I think, you know, I alluded to it earlier, when you, when you stop working, you don't have any of the work stuff to pay for, right? So that's going to change. So for instance, before COVID, everybody was going in the office, maybe your job now, you don't have to go into the office quite as often. But when you do, you need to have some, you know, you need to have some clothes to wear, you want to wear nicer, maybe you have a uniform you got to pay for. You know, so you've got that budgeting stuff, obviously driving to work every day, the cost of fuel, which has gone up dramatically. And then, you know, the other thing too is, you know, lunches, for instance. I mean, not everybody packs their lunch every day. Some people eat out every day and that starts getting kind of expensive. Or even if you just do it a couple of days a week, you can pull that out and, and you'll get that out of there. So that all that stuff starts to add up. And you may realize, you know, after after you know everything's said and done, that that could be a five six hundred dollar a month expense that you had getting new clothes, paying for lunch or gas, or maybe even more. So, you know, that's something that you can kind of carve out because those expenses change in retirement too. Yeah. So we've had housing, all the work changes that somebody goes through. This is just scratching the surface, though, because we don't think about just the retirement day, you know, when we retire. It's, it's, it's a, then a long period of life. And so some of these expenses are going to come on more and more as you go through your retirement years, right? Right, right. Exactly. And one of those is healthcare. You know, as you start in with your know, retirement and, you know, depending on when you retire, if you retire after or at age 65, you're going to have uh, Medicare and you're going to have Medicare premiums. But what a lot of people underestimate is the out-of-pocket costs for a lot of these things too. You know, not everything's going to be covered. And as you get older, you go to the doctor more, you've got more issues, those costs continue to rise and rise and rise. And that's one of the reasons why I encourage people when we're doing planning previous to retirement, if you work at a company that has an HSA available because you have an HSA eligible health plan, that you should start putting as much as you possibly can in that HSA account because you can use that for health-related expenses tax-free in your retirement. HSAs are the truly the only triple tax-free investment out there. You get a tax deduction putting it in, it grows tax-free, 
and then it's tax-free going out as long as you spend it on healthcare expenses. So a lot of times people underestimate those expenses and they are going to end up rising. You're certainly going to be paying more in healthcare costs when you're retired and when you get older than you were in your 20s or 30s. Yeah, big differences as we get older and what those expenses look like to us. And that's why healthcare becomes so important. I know the next one on your list, Scott, is one that's often overlooked by people as mm-hmm. being an expense. We, I don't know if, why, but people don't really categorize it that way. But taxes needs to be in this discussion, right? In my list, that's the second highest expense people have in their retirement behind healthcare. But you can make a you can make an argument in some cases it's the biggest expense. Is most people don't really think about it. They've spent their whole life saving in their 401k plan. They get their statement, says, I got a million dollars. I'm good to go with my pension and my social security. I can supplement out of here. What they forget is that they don't have a million dollars. Maybe they've got 700,000. The government has a lien on 300,000 of that million, but you don't pay for it until you take it out. So when you get in retirement or if you're using your 401k to fund your lifestyle, a big chunk of it, you're going to have to pay taxes on that money. Then when you get to age 73, they're going to make you start taking money out and paying taxes on that. So that's something definitely people don't think a lot about. They underestimate and it ends up being the biggest or one of the biggest expenses in the retirement. All right, we're ripping through these expenses so far. By the way, if you have any questions for Scott as we go through the show today, you can always book a time to chat with him a little bit more about your situation and your financial future. The way to do that is to go to talkwithscott.net. Again, that's talkwithscott.net, and you can book a time to chat and visit uh, directly with him that way, talkwithscott.net. We'll leave a link in the description of today's show for you to check that out. So taxes, yeah, you said you'd put that at number two or even number one in some people's Mm -hmm. cases. Absolutely. It's a biggie. Another expense, if you will, that will change in retirement. Now, this is where, you know, we've had mostly, we talked about drastically changing one way or the other. Most of them have been drastic changes into the more expensive category. Um, But another one that might go the other direction would be your retirement savings. And uh, this is one that gets overlooked too, right, Scott? Like you you having your budget saving for retirement and then kind of that changes a little bit when you hit retirement. Right. And, and you know, the first place to look is you know, your 401k at work. If you were making you know, $100,000 a year and you were putting 10% in that retirement account, well, you know, that was 10 grand that you didn't take home. You know, obviously it would be, it would have been taxed if you did not put that in the 401k, you would have taken, taken home less, but you know, that's one obvious place to look. And then second of all is, you know, just making, whether it was Roth IRA contributions or saving money in your bank account, all those types of things, that was money that you had extra that you were saving. And now you don't need that anymore when you're looking at what your cash flow is going to be. For instance, if you were bringing home $6,000 a month and you used 3000 to live on, you had 3000 extra. Maybe you were putting that in the, you know, Roth IRAs or your bank account or wherever. Well, now you just need to worry about that three grand. So, you know, that's an expense, like you said, that drops when you get into retirement. And a lot of people don't even think that they were paying this, especially the 401k, because it's just happening. Oh, wow. That's really, I think, a big one to bring up here because that one's like a relief valve for a lot of people. If they're kind of doing the math in their head, they sometimes forget, I think, a little bit about that one. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that changes. Now, this one, I don't know. Uh, maybe, Scott, it doesn't change that much for some folks, and maybe some it does change drastically, but that would be just general travel and and then just leisure for those who aren't, you know, always traveling, but just, you know, that, that every day is a Saturday mentality now in retirement can lead to a lot higher expenses, I suppose. Yeah. You know what, Walter? You've worked your whole life. You've saved money. You've gotten to retirement. You've reached that milestone. Now, most people want to enjoy themselves, whether it's traveling or doing hobbies that they didn't want to, I mean, that they didn't have time to before, that that, you know, that all costs money. A lot of my retired clients say, boy, I don't know how I figured out how to get everything done while I was working because they're busy and all that stuff costs money, whether they're golfing or doing all this stuff. So that's something that usually those expenses do go up for a lot of people in retirement because they're going to decide they want to travel. I just right before this podcast, I got off a phone uh, with a client that lives here in Cleveland and they're in Connecticut visiting their brother. You know, they're going out to eat and they're doing all that stuff. It costs money. So, you know, definitely that's something that you should look, think about building in your budget. And I would say for the majority of people, even a little bit more because, you know, most of the time when you're working, you'd work, you'd come home, and your leisure times were on the weekends. That's where you'd really spend money and, and do stuff and go out to dinner. But now, like you said, every day is Saturday. So every day you have the opportunity to do those things, and, and most likely you're going to. All right, last but not least, let's throw one more item here into this expenses category as we get you kind of a thorough breakdown of all these things that are going to be moving and shifting when you go into retirement. What about insurance? How does that change for somebody at the retirement years? Well, when you're usually working, you're paying for disability insurance. Maybe you have some life insurance you're paying for. The disability may just be coming out of your paycheck or or maybe not. But when you get into retirement, you don't necessarily need the disability, may, may not need the life insurance, but other insurances pop up. And one that pops into mind is long-term care insurance. Most people don't buy the, that until they do retire. They're getting very close. But we all know that the chances of us going in a nursing home are pretty high. And if you look at all the numbers, whether it's having a married couple, one spouse going into a facility, the chances are better that they will than they won't. And though they're extremely expensive. So a lot of people opt to maybe buy long-term care insurance to protect everything they've worked for their whole life. You know, you buy insurance to protect your home in case of a fire, hoping it never happens. That's kind of the way with long-term care. You buy it hoping that it never happens. But, you know, if it does, you're certainly glad that you have it. So sometimes those expenses that's going to go up. You're going to have to build that in there if that's something that you want to get. So the insurances, some drop off, but maybe some add on. All great points about these expenses here, Scott. So let's take this a little further. And as you assess retirement expenses, I know it can be helpful to maybe break things down into categories. So yeah, we we kind of did that with these individual areas where these expenses Mm -hmm. are going to change. But how can we then um, put them into the two categories of must-haves and nice-to-haves? Because I think as you then try to figure out that cash flow problem, it's good to know where our priorities lie. So uh, when you meet with clients, Scott, is it a pretty universal split into sort of the the musts and the nice twos, or do you find that there are a lot of people who uh, you know have some swapping that goes on between those categories? Yeah, there's definitely swapping. Everybody's different. Everybody's priorities different. But there's going to be the obvious musts, right? You have to pay for housing. 
your, your health care, food and groceries, transportation costs, whether it's a car payment or gasoline. And then if you have any debts, you got to finish paying off those things. So that's pretty universal with the must-haves. Now, some people, maybe the house is paid off and they're going to have less housing expenses, but they're still going to have taxes and maintenance and stuff like that. Everybody eats. I haven't found anybody that doesn't eat yet. Uh, so, you know, those are going to be pretty much staples for everybody, just the degrees are going to vary. But it's those nice-to-haves, those discretionary spending items where some people will categorize those as must-haves, like your travel and leisure, you know, self-care activities, gym memberships, things like that, you know, gifts, Christmas time, and donations to your church or other charities, you know, entertainment, maybe you would like to go see plays or movies or whatever, and then doing those renovations on the house. You don't necessarily need to get your bathroom redone, but you really want to, and maybe some people will say, well, I have to get that bathroom redone, or I can't stay in my house, or I have to take at least two vacations a year. So then some people will categorize that as a must, and other people may categorize that as a nice to have, but you know what, if if I can't make it or I can't do the bathroom, I'm okay with it. I just want to make sure I have those major things taken care of. Mm, all good points as well on that front. So musts, nice-to-haves, break those down a little bit for yourself as well. That'll lead you to some additional answers, and Scott can certainly help you do that. Besides the expenses we've covered so far as we look at this cash flow problem, and again, part two of this discussion next month, we'll look at the income side of the equation. Um, but what other factors contribute to cash flow problems that you see in retirement? Well, so I think a lot of people underestimate how long they're going to live. And you know, when we run plans, we run people into their 90s because life expectancies are getting longer and longer. So I think that's one thing is that you have to realize no matter what that monthly expense amount that you come up with, that it's going to end up having to last you probably longer than you think it's going to. And right along with that too is that how long you're going to live, the prices are going to continue to go up, that inflation. Now, we're going through a time here where we've had higher inflation than we have in the past 20 years. It's not going to go down to probably where it was before. So we're going to continue to have a little bit higher inflation than we had had in, in previous years. But, you know, the cost of everything's going up. If you just think about it, I mean, how much did it cost to buy your house 30 years ago? Yeah. You, a lot less expensive. The, and what the price happens? of a car today, right? Right. And, and you know, if you live 30 years from now, just imagine what those are going to cost. And, you know, your grocery bill 30 years ago, how much is it going to be 30 years from now? So, and that was, you know, that we were period of very low inflation, but now we're even a little bit higher. So, yeah, I think that's important that, that people need to consider that when they think about their expenses. They're going to have to you know, grow their money. And that, that kind of leads into another thing is that, you know, just because you retire doesn't mean you can stick your money under the mattress and let it collect dust because the cost of everything is going to continue to go up. So you need to still be growing a portion of your money to keep up with that because 30 years from now, you're going to, if you need four grand a month to live on now, you know, you know, who knows what it'll be. You may need eight grand a month to live like you're living now on four grand. So you need to continue to grow your money. 
So I think that's another important thing that people need to consider from an expense standpoint. Lots of uh, important items there, Scott. So last but not least, to wrap a bow around part one of this conversation, how does your planning process, I'm just curious, we listed a lot of stuff here, obviously, so many little moving parts. So how does your process help clients manage all of these changes, predict them, understand them, categorize them, all that good stuff to then create that consistent cash flow and, and kind of solve that problem? Yeah, so first we start with, we walk through that that budget, the must-haves, the haves. Let's get a number that we're going to need to live on every month. And I don't include healthcare in that. I kind of pull that out because I run inflation higher on healthcare than I do everything else because the cost of healthcare is increasing a lot quicker than the cost of, of for instance, groceries. So you know, once we get that number, then we look to structure a strategy to provide you with the income. And what we do here is we usually have one to two years worth of money in cash or cash equivalent securities. And then we'll have years three, four, and five in more of an income producing security. So that way we've got five years worth of your income outside of the markets. So if we run into another 2008 where the markets dropped 50%, We don't have to worry about it because we're not even touching any of that money that's in the market for five years. But that money that's in the market, we do invest that for growth because that is going to be the money you're going to use 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now to fund that difference. And then that's how we can give ourselves raises in retirement, increase our cash flow, and you have everything structured so that you're going to feel comfortable, but yet we're still getting the growth that we need to. And you don't need to worry about looking at the S&P 500 and the Dow every day to see if you're making money or not. Well, that's really important to keep in mind and remember as well. There is assistance, there is help as you try to navigate through these different moving parts of your portfolio. And again, if you've got questions for Scott, you can reach out by calling 888-742-0111. 888-742-0111 or go online to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net. We'll link to that in the description of today's show for you to go and check out. And don't forget, next month we'll cover part two of this conversation as we understand changing income and uh, that side of the equation when it comes to your retirement cash flow. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that topic then. It's getting to know you time. All right, my getting to know you question for today's episode, Scott, is, um, well, it's a good one. i got to be honest. What's your go-to dance move? You've got multiple daughters, three daughters and a wife. You're the only guy. I'm sure you are just being pulled into like dancing scenes all the time, at least used to me when maybe they were younger. So you've got to have a go-to dance move as a dad of, of all those daughters. Well, you know what? Yes. But, you know, I've got two left feet. There's nothing graceful about my dancing. (laughs) And, you know, nowadays, you know, they have all these TikTok videos and I've tried doing those with my daughters and just making complete fool out of myself. But when I'm messing around, I would say my go-to move is an old school one. And that's got to be the moonwalk. I got to pull the out moon the moonwalk. Walk, really? Okay. I got to do the moonwalk. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, because that's just lower body, right? Just my feet. I don't have to worry about what my hands are doing because that just turns into a mess. So I just stick with the moonwalk. That's kind of the go-to dance move. 
I like that. Um, I don't do much dancing these days. So my uh, my go to dance move back in the day was the worm. I and worm. I, I could probably I could probably still do a pretty good worm. I haven't tried it in a while, but um, I could probably pull it off if I needed to in a pinch. My wife says my go to dance move now is the Spider Man move which is where I just kind of sit there with my arms out and just move them back and forth. And it's like, I'm Spider-Man shooting web out of my wrists, you know, for some reason I turn my wrists up. So if I ever, I don't often move into that position to do any sort of dancing, but if I do, you might get a little Spider-Man wrist shooting web action going on. So I would imagine you being (laughs) one of those guys that when the music comes on, your hands go above your head and you're just like moving back and forth. You're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to be totally, Totally wrong. Uh, That's what I was thinking. We went to a concert recently, and I sat there with my arms folded, stiff as a pole for the entire three-hour concert. (laughs) You are so boring. At least a Spider-Man move would have been something. Oh, man. Yes, yes. It was also cold and rainy, so I was just kind of in a bad mood and couldn't get away from people smoking all around us. It was an outdoor concert, and so I I was just an unhappy camper. I was totally my dad for that three hours and was just like, Connie's there having a good time doing her thing. And I'm just like, yeah, I, you should be here with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Man, curmudgeon. I was a big curmudgeon. So, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> now if I'm by myself in the car listening to some, this is going to really sound funny, Matchbox 20. I'm, mm. I'm grooving. I'm in my zone. Okay. I'm grooving. I'm Heads singing. bobbing. I'm having a good time. Heads bobbing. Yeah. Fingers okay. might click once or twice, you know, Spider-Man move turns into bald fists. You know, we're having a good time. So. Okay. Okay. Any drum moves? Play the drums? Yeah, we'll hit the drum every once in a while. Okay. I, I would right. make a terrible drummer. I have right. zero rhythm whatsoever, but. Well, see, so I'm a drummer. I have the rhythm, but the body just doesn't move. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're, you're not one of those that's flailing all over the place if you're drumming. You're, you're, you're very tight. You're a tight drummer. Well, no, I mean, it, when I'm in the car, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, I'm at a mm-hmm. light and, I'll, you know, I'll do, 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 you know, I, I just okay, kind of, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll play it out. Yeah. yeah. And like my that. hands are always moving. So I'm <laughs> tapping the beat for my hands for sure. Love it. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, there you go. Go-to dance moves for us. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we're going to answer one of your questions as we open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So today's mailbag question comes to us from Catherine. Catherine says, Scott, should I uh, give some money to my kids and grandkids while I'm still alive or just let them inherit everything when I die? I'd like to see them enjoy it while I'm still around, but I'm willing to wait and give it to them as an inheritance if that's a better idea. Catherine, this is a great question, and I get this a lot. And, And what it kind of boils down to is, number one, can you afford to? You know, if you're just basically getting by with your savings that you have, maybe not a good idea to start gifting away some of your funds. But assuming that you're in a comfortable position, you've got excess that that you would be able to use to fund your retirement, then, and you want to have the, see the kids enjoy it, then there's nothing wrong with that. You know, giving it to them while they're living and you can see them enjoy it. And yes, maybe you'd have more if you just waited and, and when you passed away, let it stay invested. And, you know, they may have a little bit more, but you'd lose that joy of watching them use that money and, and being able to enjoy it and do the things that they want. You know, a lot of my clients too, they take their families on vacations together. They'll get a big extravagant vacation, get all the grandkids together. They do stuff like that as opposed to just giving them money. That way they can you know, provide for them too. So that's something to think about. But, you know, financially, as as far as the 
ramifications of gifting. It's really not that big of a deal now that whenever you gift money, it comes off what's called your unified credit exemption, which is kind of that amount of your estate that you can pass without paying taxes, which now is upwards of $12 million per person. So for most, a lot of people, they're not running into those issues and it's not a problem. So if you want to do it while you're living, go ahead and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't put you in a bad financial situation. Great question, Catherine. Thank you so much for submitting that one. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, you can always do that at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Use the contact form through the website to reach out to Scott, and we might feature your question on a future show if you would like. If you want to talk one-on-one, though, and go through the planning process with Scott, or at least see if you'd be a good fit to work together and ask some initial questions that might be on your mind, I invite you to book a free consultation with Scott. You can do that by going to talkwithscott.net talkwithscott.net, and we'll link to that in the description of today's show. You can also call them at 888-742-0111 to set that time up and tap into those 20-plus years of experience that Scott has. You can meet in the office there in the greater Cleveland area or online from wherever you are, and he's happy to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in your situation. So don't hesitate to reach out. And Scott, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Really appreciate your help, and we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Always have fun, Walter. All right. Much appreciated, my friend. And we'll see everybody next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go try. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.